Okay? Do that. Put it down. Everybody put it down. Can you do me another favor? Can you turn your cell phones off or to turn it quiet? And in fact, if you just want to put it on the ground and stomp on it, that would be awesome. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So if you have a Bible, I want you to take your Bible, if you have a Bible, and I want you to turn... Uh, John chapter 15 is kind of the, the theme, the text theme, but I want you to, to go to Galatians here in a second. Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 5. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Can you hear me okay? You doing good? You good? Kind of hear me? Not hear me? Galatians chapter 5. We've been talking about abiding in Jesus. Jesus says, abide in me and I will give you life. Amen? Jesus is the life giver. Jesus is the life giver. So let me just read this to you. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Then John 15, verses 14-15 says this, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. I too will love him and show myself to him. All right. All of you probably saw the horrific things that we've seen this week. The Navy Yard shooting this on Monday. I, w- I was just, I was mad. I was mad, not at guns or this man. I was mad at the enemy of our souls. And then there was some other violence that's happening throughout. And, th- and then yesterday there was a terrible shooting in Kenya and I'm all there. And I was mad at the devil. This morning I'm looking through my Facebook post and I get a post from a missionary that a, that a church, church in Pakistan, like 30 or 40 believers were killed because someone threw a hand grenade in the worship service. I was mad at the devil because we have a world that has wrong values and wrong thinking. When we think that we need to destroy other people because they're wrong, that's wrong thinking. Amen? Jesus says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Jesus says, in, in fact, Paul says, Romans 12, to to let your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind through God's Word. Amen? So it's important for you and I to understand that we must love the Word of God and we must love the writer of the Word of God. His name is God. Okay? Jesus is the Word of God. So we live in a messed up world. And so a couple weeks ago, on September 8th, I gave a message about transforming your thinking. If you, if you haven't, uh, you missed it for whatever reason, you can download it at www.rockvillag.com. Hit on the podcast. Find the, uh, the September 8th. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's called um, What in Heaven's Name Are You Thinking? You can also get the CD. I want you to hear it because so, I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but this man that shot people at the Naval Yard, he heard voices. He was, he was angry at people. And so we kind of kid about that, but, but because I'm a pastor and I've been in ministry for a long time, I've dealt with people who've heard voices. And those voices are the voices of demonic voices. Telling them to destroy people, destroy their lives. I, as a, also as a police chaplain, I work with police officers, and I've seen some of the violence, and I've never seen a, a mass shooting like that, but, but when you deal with the people we've dealt with, and they say, with the cops will ask them, why did you do that? The voices in my head told me to do that. You know whose voice that is? That's Satan's voice. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give life and give it abundantly. So let me, let me tell you as your pastor, as your friend, if you begin to have thoughts about killing yourself or destroying people, go to a Christian counselor as soon as possible. If you think you're starting to hear voices, don't think you're crazy. Say, I rebuke those in the name of Jesus. Come to a pastor. Come to me. Have another believer. We will lay hands on you. We will rebuke those voices. I'm not into that stuff. You need to be. 
Come on, church, we got to wake up. The world is destroying each other. And we're like, oh, well, this, oh, they're crazy out there. It's because they have wrong thinking. And the church is not telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. Renew your mind. Church, you have the answer. Amen? Come on, we have to get with it. And so, so it says if we obey Jesus, if we love Jesus, He will be out of our lives. He'll come out of our lives. And listen, I, I want to just call this, let me say this again. God will never tell you to destroy in cold blood and murder another person. Never. Say with me, never. never. God is the giver of life. Defending yourself might be different to defend yourself. But God never tells you to kill. And I've seen, I read in the paper, I've talked to these people, I've prayed with them. I just, God told me to destroy. No, He doesn't. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the voice of Satan. If you have a coworker, a family, a friend, a neighbor who says, I'm hearing voices and they're starting to get isolated, you need to start praying for them. You need to say, man, you need to get help. Come on, church, amen? You have the power of God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the giver of life. So this morning, you and I must abide. We must live in Jesus because that could be us. Life is hard, isn't it? Life is stressful. It's, it's, it's demanding. And if you're not filling your life up with good things, the bad things will take over. This morning, we're, we're finishing up what is, what is a Christian and they are fruitful. We started last week, number one. Now we're number two. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. A Christian is known by their love for one another. Amen? Jesus said that the, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the works of God will come out of your lives. And so we started that last week. And so if you're, you're ready to take notes... A real Christian, because we have a lot of people in America that call themselves Christians. Still, 80% of people in this nation call themselves Christians. But their actions are proving otherwise. Jesus said, if you're a Christian, your deeds, your actions will prove Christ is in your life. Amen? So here it is. Let's go to, let's go to uh, uh, um, Galatians 5, 22 and 25. Do I have it? Galatians 5, it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So last week we finished up, write down letter A, I have it, love. Hit, let's hit it, love. Let me read this to you, love. Okay, write it down. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight. Listen, here it is. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Listen, love it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Talking about this at, at dinner last night, that, that old saying, you know, um, remember that, that kid thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but word, that's such a lie, isn't it? Because words hurt you. People's negative words hurt you. If you talk to many people that are incarcerated, you ask them what happened. They said, my mom and dad said, I'm going to be a loser. My mom and dad said, I'm going to end up in prison. And guess where they're at today? Because people gave negative words and they have the peace of God in their lives. And so the peace of God says, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, that I don't have to retaliate. God is in control. Amen? Peace of God says, even though they've wronged me, some of us have been fired, we've been laid off, we've had people manipulate us. The peace of God says, I don't have to take revenge. I don't have to get a gun and shoot people. Are you hearing this? 
This is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We must allow peace to come over our lives. No matter what's happening, God is the God of peace. Amen? Get yourself in the Word of God. The next one is patience. Oh, isn't this awesome? You're patiently waiting through this message. You patiently wait at the red light, right? You're patiently waiting for your boss. You're patiently waiting for the, your co-worker to get the project. This is Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing of one another in love. Now that is the key, right? This is an endurance. This isn't just being patient at the stoplight. This is an endurance. This is long-suffering. This is slow to anger. This is slow to despair. God, listen to this, God is the greatest example of being patient. True? Boy, is he patient with me. Boy, he is really patient with you. I just wanted to see how you reacted. Okay? He is really patient with me because I blow it sometimes. I get angry. I get impatient. I do things. I think things I should. But God is patiently loving me. He's always drawing me back. And this is greatest, God is the greatest example of this. This also means, listen to this, this also means enduring hardship and persecution. I, I think about our brothers and sisters that are in jails in different countries because of their faith, that they have patience, they have the, the fruit of the Spirit. This, this means enduring your faith through dry spells. You ever go through dry spells? You read the Word, the worship means nothing to you, the sermons are just blah. But it means I'm going to be patient because the Word of God is always good. The relationship with God is the most important thing. It just means I'm going to go through it. Amen? It means, it means just trusting in God. Romans 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You must be patient in life. We live in a world of quick results, right? We see these so-called musicians in overnight success, mathletes, people who have been in business, and, and John Maxwell talked to some people in business and he said, how did you become a success? He says, it took me all my life to be an overnight success. And so a lot of times we do see this instant gratification. Like, well, what about me? What about me? And, and the question is, what about you? Be patient. Trust in the Lord. He will give you what you need and He'll let you succeed. Amen? You doing good? These are the fruits of the Spirit. Let me move on. The next one is this. Kindness. Kindness. This is a kind disposition. This is not wanting to hurt. This is not being a sissy. It just means you're kind. In fact, I, I was getting blood drawn. Uh, every year I try to get, get a, a physical exam. And I was getting blood drawn at the, um, at, at the doctor's office. And I was in there. And of course, I had to be patient. Because you know, when you go to the doctor's office, your appointment's at 9.30. You're in there like 10 o'clock, right? So I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I just better be patient today. I better live this. I better practice what I preach. So I go in there and I'm back there and, and the, 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 the tech is, he's, he's going to draw my blood and all that. And I, I hear in the room next to me this lady, the, one of the nurses, and, and you can hear the guy yelling over the phone. Rah, rah, you know, rah, rah, rah. And she's like, uh, sir, you just called the, the appointment line. Sir, you need to calm down. Sir, I'm going to help you. But you can just hear this guy. And she just kept saying, sir, I can't help you. And then, and then I was talking to the, to the guy drawing my blood and he said, every day. It's like this every day. I said, yeah, they don't, you know what, they don't have kindness. What has happened to us? We get short with the server at the restaurant. We get short with our boss, our family. I mean, I do it. What's wrong with us? 
We're letting the world think for us. The world says you've got to be tough. You've got to, be, you've got to push people around. No, the Bible says you don't have to do that. Kindness. I don't know about you, but when, when, I, when I know the server or the cashier or someone helping me, they're having a bad day, I know that if I'm kind with them, it goes a lot smoother than me getting in their face and saying, what's wrong with you? And they say, what's wrong with you? And then it escalates. You see, that doesn't solve the problem. Kindness. Now, there's some people that don't like kindness, and that's fine, but you just show them kindness. Amen? You see, this is a, a, a kind disposition, a gentle disposition. This is a kindness to people. Has anyone ever had a bad day? Four of you. You're all lying. You need to repent. Has anyone had a bad day ever in their life? Would you rather someone be kind to you or be mean to you during your bad day? So think about that. When someone's having a bad day, be kind to them. Help them out. Right? A co-worker, a family, a friend, someone in the, in, in the church. Kindness to all souls. God is the shepherd of all souls. This is, this is, let me talk about this more. This is like the kindness that Jesus had when he dealt with the sick. Those who were, those who were demonic. Those who were fallen. Those who were rejected by society. This is like the mother not beating the child or yelling at the child because the child is a child. Right? And so, so I remember a time I was, I was disciplining one of my children. And I was saying, What's, why did you do that? And they said, because I'm a kid. And I'm like, duh, Stan, duh, you're the adult. You should know I'm a kid. I should so this is a kindness to someone knowing where they're at socially, mentally. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the same with Christians. When a person becomes a Christian, a new believer, we have to be patient with them because they don't understand the Word. They don't understand what's happening during worship. They have a lot of questions. Amen? Goodness. Let me move on. Goodness. Are you doing good? Listen to me, friends. If you apply these things to your life, your life's going to be 100% better. I guarantee it. If you allow the fruit of the Spirit out of your life, people want to be around you. People don't like being around mean people, do they? Come on. So, so allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow to your Goodness. Goodness. Let me, let me read this. I'm going to read the Scripture to you. Let me take a drink. Matthew 21, 12 says, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Verse 13, it is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. Then this, this man, this caught me this week. I, never, I don't even think I've ever caught this before. But verse, verse 14. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Did you see that Jesus had to clean the junk out so that he could actually, the temple could be used for what it was meant to be? And you see, goodness means this. It means the zeal for truth. You see, Jesus was so in love with truth that he got angry at all the garbage in the temple. He cleaned it out. He, he drove them out. And it says as soon as he drove out all the money changers who made religion a, a money-making thing, he drove them out. It says then the blind and lame came and they were healed. You see, what this means, goodness is like Jesus, that you, you, you want to uphold right things. You, you have a, a, a good character. You see, you wonder why we're seeing so many businesses fail and, and people are getting greedier it's because they don't have morals anymore. They don't have values anymore. You can't keep eating other people and expect to continue to go in business. You can't keep burning your customers and expecting them to come back. Amen? And we live in a society that says just burn everyone and get all you can and pretty soon people are going to stop going to you. 
Goodness says, I'm a, I'm a person of good character. Today we hear, hey, it doesn't matter. A person's character doesn't matter as long as they do their job. That flies in the face of God. That flies in the face of truth. Amen? You see this, doing what you want to do in private, it always comes out public. Right? It always comes out. And our society says, as long as you don't get caught, it's okay. It's not okay. Because it carries over in the business. You lie, you lie to everyone else, it begins to happen to your company, your business, where you teach, where you lead. Amen? You see, the Bible says nothing is hidden from God. And that every one of us will give an answer for those things done in secret. So goodness says, I don't want to do bad things. I want to be a good character. A person of good, a person of good character often gets hired over those who aren't. Amen? Your company trusts you because you have good morals and good character. Right? Morals and character do count. This is also, listen, this is also caring about good things and the things that God cares about. This is passive and active goodness. This is passive goodness means that the church is the restraining force of evil in the world. This means being caring. It it means when you come into the room, people stop talking dirty jokes. This means when you come in the room, people stop lying and gossiping about the boss. If this isn't happening when you're walking in, then you say, God, I need to be a good character. Help me be a good character. You don't have to judge people, but your character should precede you. Amen? If they say, oh, hey, man, Stan, come on, did you hear the dirty joke about the boss? And like, oh, man, something's wrong here. My character is not proceeding. It's not godly. I'm not saying you have to be a goody tissue and, uh, oh, I'm better than you. Oh, oh, you know, when you walk in the room, everybody, oh, my goodness, they're Christians. Hallelujah. No. I'm just saying that when you walk in the room, they should see there's something different about you. It's good, but it's something different. Amen? It's an inward witness expressing itself in our lives. Then it's active. Then it's active goodness. Matthew 12.35 says the good man... Uh, brings good things out of the good stored up in him and the evil man brings evil things. This is good works coming out of your lives because Jesus has changed you. Amen? This is also standing up against evil. When Hitler took over Germany, the church became nothing. When the communists, the Bolshevik revolution took over, I told you this, they were arguing about the size of the candle on the altar before communism took over. Before Perversion took over the United States. The church has been hiding. Oh, well, we don't want to offend anyone. Society says it's okay. It's not okay. You've got to get up and say, no, God's Word says marriage is between one man and one woman at one time. That's what God's Word says. Well, you're a hater. No, I'd stand with God. He wrote it. He made it. I'm not going to stand against God one day. Did you know, and, I, and no offense, if, 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 just listen to what I'm saying. Just a year and a half ago, it was illegal. It, it, it was, marriage was between a man and a woman in most states. And 3% of the society got up in, in society, and the homosexual was pushing, has been pushing in the schools for the last three decades, been pushing in the business, been pushing in the church, that now, just a year and a half later, they are in control. 3% of the population. And they're telling us, you better accept this or you're a hater. No, I stand for truth. What's wrong with the church? Well, I don't want to offend anyone. Goodness means you stand up for what's important to God as well. Don't even let me go about the abortion issue. 
You see, 3% of people have changed society. Now our president said, I'm not demeaning him, but now he's going to other countries and telling them that they must, if you want help from us, you've got to accept this law. Shame on him, shame on this nation, shame on the church. Amen? This is good preaching, amen? Well, I don't agree with you, Pastor Stan. I, I, well, that's fine. It's the Word of God I'm preaching. This is life-giving words. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just telling you, this is the life of God. We must believe in the Word of God. The church, we must stand up for, we must champion for the oppressed. We must fight for those who can't fight for themselves. We must stand up when no one else is willing to stand up for righteousness. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I just read that. When Daniel stood up, when the king said bow, when the government of the United States says you better bow, Daniel said no. And there's going to come a day when the government and the the society around us is going to start telling you better bow. Someone's going, oh, my my shoe's untied. I've got to tie it. I lost my contact. And some of us are going to say, no, I'm not going to bow. They might throw you in the pit. They might throw you in, the, in jail. They might, they might take your possessions. Are you going to stand with God or are you going to bow to the world? This is what this is talking about. This is a fruit of the Spirit. You can still love people and not agree with them. Amen? You can still be kind to people and not have to agree with their lifestyle and, and their ways. Did you know that? Society's telling us you can't do that. It, no, it can be done. Let me move on, because it's hard. I know some of you are offended. The Word of God has spoken to us. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You can read these other scriptures, but faithfulness, this is something also that, that, is, that has been eroded in our society. This means being firm and unswerving. Listen to this. This means loyal to a person to whom one is united by a promise, whether it's a, a, a wedding vow whether it's a, a family member or you're committed to a job or you're committed to a church or you're committed to, to some organization, it means being faithful. In fact, listen, faithfulness, listen to this, faithfulness is the bedrock of which all society still ultimately rests. It's not about the economy. It's not about health insurance for everybody. It's faithfulness. Those two things are great things, but it's faithfulness. If you and I cannot be faithful... If we can't be faithful to each other, you can't be faithful to your customer, your boss, your coworker, your spouse, your family. All of society is corrupted. This is happening in front of our own eyes. Well, I don't have to be faithful to my marriage. Yes, if you are married, you've got to be faithful. Because God says be faithful. In fact, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is Faithful. Faithfulness is part of God's character. The success or failure of your life depends on your faithfulness to other people, to your call, to your business, to your career, whatever it is. Let me talk a little bit more on the personal level. Faithfulness is this. Faithfulness, again, because it's part of God's character, it's interwoven in what we do. It's interwoven with what we say. Do you remember when, when it used to be said that you can count on my word? My word is my bond. How many times have I been burned by that? How many times have you been burned by that? Right? That is a lack of faithfulness. Faithfulness should be something Christians have in their lives. Amen? Are you catching this? It means that we show faithfulness to our job, whether we agree with the boss or not. He's hired you. Right? Unless he's telling you to do something immoral or illegal, then you must fulfill your purpose. Right? 
You see, in, in life, many of the, the covenants in the Bible depended on the faithfulness of the parties involved. Listen to this. It means being devoted to God. It means being devoted to your family, being devoted to a local church, being devoted to leaders and neighbors. It means being a person of your word. It breaks my heart when I even see Christians not being people of their word. When you say, I'm going to do this, and you don't do this, you're showing you are struggling with faithfulness. Now, I know that things happen. You get sick. But when, we, when it's dealing with God's kingdom, we've got to say, I, when I made a vow to the church, I made a vow to God. Amen? And many of us, man, when, when the work says do it and come, you're like there. We get up like, we'll get up at 2 a.m. to be at work, but coming to church is like, oh, I know I've got to do this ministry today. I'm just tired. You're showing a lack of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm just being truthful. What's wrong with the church when we can't be faithful with the things of God? It's the lack of fruit. So all you have to do is say, God, help me. Help me, amen? Be a person of... When you say you're going to do something, follow through with it, amen? Come on, amen? Christians should lead the way in this area. True? Again, it means doing, going the extra mile, helping at work, being, being faithful. It means paying your bills. It means ex- not expecting everyone to, to just take care of you. It means helping. Amen? It means being concerned that your reputation precedes you. It means you can be counted on. Amen? It means being faithful to God even unto death. Even if you get thrown into prison. Even if you lose your job. You see, there's believers in other countries today, they, they are being thrown into prison because of their faith. But they're faithful to God. Amen? This means being faithful to God even when the finances run low. This means being faithful to God even though when everyone around you abandons you. This means being faithful even though the world hates you. Aren't you encouraged today? Something like, I came to church, I'm getting beat up, man. I came for this thing, man. This is truth. We need it. Amen? Letter H, gentleness. Again, gentleness does not mean being a sissy or a weakling. Let me change the words. Weakling. Being a... Someone to run over. Gentleness means restraint coupled with strength and courage. Real gentleness, when Jesus was on the cross, He had gentleness. When they beat Him, when they mocked Him, when they spit at Him, when they tortured Him, gentleness kept Him on the cross. He knew that he could have just called a thousand angels right then and there. He could have probably had laser beams come out of his eyes and, and destroy every one of those centurions. But because he was gentle in spirit, he was able to endure those things. That's what gentleness means. Gentleness doesn't mean, oh, I'm sorry, just go ahead and have your way with me. That's not what it was. Gentleness says, I am in control. And I don't need to be bossy all the time. I am God. That's what God was saying. I am gentleness. Gentleness means restrained. Strength being restrained. It means serenity of heart. It's kind of in line with patience. When should you be gentle and meek? When you're correcting people in your job. When you're correcting a child. When should you be gentle and meek? When you're being corrected. How many of you love being corrected? Not a hand went up. Two of you. So, okay. Can I just be honest with you? I hate it. I hate being corrected. Man, I hate being wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love it when people correct me, though, and help me out. Not always fun, but with a meek spirit, 
with a gentleness, I can receive it and I can grow up from it. Amen? And this is meekness, gentleness of spirit. Good stuff, amen? When, when someone accuses you of wrong, answer in gentleness. Do you ever realize a gentle answer? What's the Bible say? Turns away wrath. When they're yelling, you stole that! Yeah, I didn't steal it! Come on, man, let's fight! No, I say, you know what? I didn't steal it. I didn't do it. You know what happens to that person after a few minutes? What do they start doing? They calm down or they walk away. Gentleness. Gentleness. Is not a weakness. It takes strength to answer someone in gentleness when they're in anger. Right? Because my first inclination is, come here, i got an elbow for you. My flesh wants to rise up. When someone's yelling at me in my face and they're like blaming me for something, they're accusing me of something I know I did not do. I want to retaliate. Strength of character, meekness, gentleness is I don't have to. I know I didn't do it. Hey, I didn't do it. It's good preaching, amen? You're gonna, your life will be much better if you learn to be gentle in this area. Amen? This means, listen, here's another way. It is... When you receive the Word of God, when you come to church and you hear the pastor preaching, you may not agree with it. Praying before hearing the sermon. Laying aside a rebellious attitude. Here's something we don't like. Admitting that you're wrong and taking your lumps, right? Admitting that you don't know everything and and also admitting that you don't know everything about the Word of God. I still, every day, am learning something new about the Word of God. I've been reading it since I was 12 years old, I'm 48 now, I'm still learning about the Word of God every day. Something new always sticks out to me when I begin to read it. When I come with a gentle heart, say, God, I want to learn. Amen? Self-control. Self-control. This is another area that the, the church and the world struggles with because the world tells us you can have it all, you can have it all now. Right? The example is this. You're doing good, I'm, I'm almost done. Let, number one, uh, or letter I, self-control. 1 Corinthians 9, 25-27. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Temperance means mastering your own desires and passions, including faithfulness to, to your marriage vows. People say, well, you know, my spouse lets me have a little thing on the side. That's not self-control, and that's not faithfulness. You shouldn't do it. Amen? But listen to this. Christ, Paul, excuse me, Paul was talking about the, the Christian as an athlete. Paul likens his spiritual walk to an Olympic athlete. I mean, the, these Olympic athletes, they eat right, they train, they train, they train, they eat, all this for a gold medal. And you see, we think, well, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, I can eat bacon every day, I can have donuts every day, I can smoke 12 packs of cigarettes a day, I can get drunk all I want, and it's not going to affect me. No, it's going to affect you. You need self-control. By the way, you shouldn't be smoking anyway, it's bad for you, right? You know that, right? It's going to kill you. That's another sermon. But we as Christians, we can't even discipline ourselves. We fly at the handle. We jump to conclusions. We're addicted to food. Oh, I love food. For those of you wondering if I was going to bring food in, I brought it in. This means physical self-control. This means if you have to abstain from unlawful lust. 
Things that destroy you physically. This means saying, I don't belong to the world anymore. I don't have to be like the world. But everyone else in the world is doing it. You don't have to jump off the cliff because everyone else is doing it, right? The proverbial off the cliff. Come on, amen? Self-control says, I don't have to be like everyone else. I'm a, an original creation. I'm going to die as an original. I don't need to be a copy. Amen? This means mental self-control. I mean, let me go back. First, physical control is too much of a good thing is a bad thing, right? Again, I love desserts. I love them. But if I keep eating a lot of desserts, I'm going to have problems. So you've got to control yourself. You've got to learn to say, God, help me have control. Mental self-control. This is, this is where it's challenging. This is keeping angry thoughts under control. How many of you, you've, you just, out of the blue, you're driving somewhere, you're at work, you're shaving, you're putting your makeup on, and all of a sudden you begin thinking about someone, and you think about what they did to you, and all of a sudden anger starts to get over. Has that ever happened to anybody? Three of you. The rest of you need to repent. You see, what self-control says, when that thing comes up, as, as hurtful as it was, it says, no, I'm not going to think about that in Jesus' name. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to think of every thought that comes to your mind. This is self-control. This is self-discipline. Not allowing the mind... How many of you have thought this? Your mind thinks the worst. <gasps> My husband didn't call. They were supposed to call me ten minutes ago. Oh no, they got killed on the red line, you know. My child is 20 minutes late. That child's in trouble, by the way. Right? Oh my goodness, something bad, an alien took them or something like that. I'm just being crazy. But how many times have our minds jumped to the wrong conclusion? Right? Self-control says, no. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. Amen? What if it happened? Then rebuke that thought. And say, God, help me to deal with this situation. Self-control. This even means being careful what you say. Remember, I've talked about this. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. If, if you just have no filter and you say everything, people, you don't realize people don't want to be around you. Well, I just speak the truth, Pastor. You know what? You need to learn to control the truth. Amen? You can't just tell everyone their faults all the time. You have to be a friend with them. Amen? Good stuff, Amen? Spiritual self-control. This means, of course, being open to the Spirit and, and not letting our emotions get the worst of us or keeping our emotions down. For instance, let me tell you this, during worship time, man, this means worshiping and not being afraid of what everyone's going to say. Oh, they're weird. You know, No, I'm going to worship God. I'm not afraid. I'm going to, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to speak in tongues if that's what God wants me to do. It means not being afraid of that. But it also means knowing when to be in control of that too. That you're not out of control. That you're not obnoxious when you're like, you know, worshiping everyone. And, and you're like bouncing everywhere and like pumping, yeah, ah, 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 and they're freaking out. Oh my goodness, that is not self-control. I'm showing you as an example, I'm in control, okay? <laughs> I'll get down. Some like, what? He stood on the church property. It's just property. But don't you do that. Because the ushers will take you out. I'm just kidding. Lighten, lighten up the, the air here. But it, it's controlled during worship. It's not being weird. It's just being open to the Spirit. Amen? You doing good? Let me move on. Let me end with this. Here's how to cultivate. Let me do it quickly. Here's how to cultivate this fruit. Letter A, surrender your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. I don't have time to read, but 1 John 5, 1-5. through 5, Write it down. If you don't have it, write it down. 1 John 5, 1-5. through 5. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, 
Did I miss one? Patience, self-control. If you want those things to flow in your life, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. He must be the Lord of your life. You must make Him the King of everything. You must then follow and obey His commands. They're not suggestions. They are commands. You must allow the Spirit to control your mind and help you with your your thoughts. You must allow the, the Spirit to control your flesh. The fruit of the Spirit, listen, the fruit of the Spirit cannot grow where the flesh thrives. If you're always angry, if you're always thinking the worst thoughts, the Spirit cannot live there unless you give Him permission to cleanse that stuff out. Remember Jesus cleansed the temple and then healing could come? It's the same in your life. You cannot have healing in your life until you allow God to cleanse the garbage out. Are you following me? Some of you today, you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Some of you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Stop building on the things of the world that are destroying the world. Amen? Let it be. Control the flesh. Control the flesh. I am going to read the scripture to you. I have it. I've got to read this to you. Colossians 3, 5 through 10. Listen to this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but, but you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another, each other, since you have, been, you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on a new self which is being renewed in, in knowledge in the image of the Creator. Some of us have got to stop feeding our flesh. There's, and I use this example. There's a Native American parable about a, a, the good dog and the bad dog, or the white dog and the black dog. And what it says was, they said, whatever dog you feed will control your life. If, you're, if it's the evil dog you feed, he will control your life. If it's the good dog you feed, he will, feed, he will control your life. In other words, if you keep feeding your bad deeds, they're going to control your life. If you stop feeding them and say, God, help me put those things to death because they're destructive, and let me start feeding the good things, those will take control of your life. You won't hear voices anymore. You won't be angry all the time. You won't be sad all the time. You'll have days like that. You won't be depressed. You won't be discouraged all the time. You'll have a faith in God if you feed the good dog. Right? You got it? Feed the good nature. Are you following me? Spend less time complaining and start being thankful. Amen? Don't let the enemy take control of your mind. Don't let the enemy tell you how to live your life. Stop using your humanness as weakness. Well, I'm just human. Everybody in this room is a human. We all have weaknesses. Stop you. Well, I'm just a human. We're all humans, but God can give us strength. Amen? Are you good? The last thing is walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. The last few things. Walk in the Spirit. Check your, your life with the Word of God. Walk in the Spirit. Let the fruit of the Spirit come out of your life. Let God's Spirit guide you. Let God tell you. Let Him speak peace into your mind. Man, and I already told you, if you look in the book of Daniel, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were were like the four, four of the next to the king. They were four of the highest people in society. Why? Because they listened to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can give you solutions to problems in your life. Did you know that? When you have a problem, the book of James says... If any man lacks wisdom, he should ask for wisdom and God will give it generously and without making you feel foolish. This is Stan Nelson's translation. How many times have you gone to someone and asked for an answer and like, duh, are you stupid? Can't you see it? No, Jesus doesn't do that. God doesn't. He says, here, let me tell you, let me give you the wisdom. Let me give you more than you even asked for. If you need wisdom, go to God and allow the Spirit to speak to you. Amen? You must renew your mind. 
Don't let the enemy tell you the lies of the devil. Amen? Read your Bible. Pray. Come to church often. Amen? Make it a habit. Church is more important than football. Church is more important than sleeping in. I mean, man, you get to sleep in on Sunday mornings anyway. Come on. We start church late at 10.30. Some of you are at work before God gets up at 4. And you're like, oh, gosh, I have to be at church at 10.30. I'm so tired. Let me help you. Go to bed the night before. Make this a priority. This is a good word. If you're not in church, whether this is your home church or not, wherever you go to another church, you've got to go to church. Make it a habit. That's good preaching, amen? Every pastor, every priest would love that. Finally, don't be afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. Don't be afraid if you want to speak in tongues and, and, and just allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow out of your lives. Then finally, check your life. This is, this is how you should compare your life. This is how you check your life. Not the Wall Street Journal. Not the Washington Post. Not Fox News. Not CNN. Not the Democrats. This is how you check your life. Amen? This is who you will answer to. God. When you and I stand before God, because everyone is going to stand before God. I'm not going to stand before George Bush. I'm not going to stand before Barack Obama. I'm going to stand before God when I die. And I'm going to answer to Him alone. Whether they were wrong or right, I will stand before God. And this is the guide of my life every day. Some of you need to turn off the TV and say, this needs to be my guide. Some of you have friends that are giving you wrong wisdom. You need to go to the Word of God first. Come to us. We pray for you. We want you to be wise. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be secure. You see, all this I said today is because God wants you to live a blessed life. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Not to destroy you, but to give you life, hope, a future. God wants you to succeed. Say this, God wants me to succeed. God wants me to excel in everything I do for Him. But it comes when you submit to God. You've got to obey God. He will bless your life beyond a minute. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to give opportunity just for a couple prayer requests. I want to give you opportunity. You see... Jesus is the Lord of all. Some of you this morning, you have not made Him the Lord of your life. He wants to know you. And you've, you've heard me talk about it. Maybe you've gone to another church. You've gone to another service. You've heard the, them talking about this. With, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, everyone just close your eyes, bow your heads. We're not going to do anything weird. Just close your eyes, bow your heads, just for the privacy of those around you. I want to give you opportunity through, through the hyperness of my message the Word of God spoke to you. Jesus has been speaking to you for maybe a week, a month, a lifetime. And He's asking you, will you allow me to be the King of your life? And some of you, this is the moment you're going to do that. You're going to submit and say, yes, Jesus, be the King of my life. If you've never accepted God's salvation, you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, and you want to do that this moment, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I want to give you opportunity. If you've never done it, and you know the Holy Spirit's drawing you, there's this tugging in your heart. He's pulling you. Right now, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you've never done it before, raise your hand. I've never, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Okay, everybody put your hands down. Everyone repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that you're the King of all and you know what's best for my life. I confess my sins. I accept your love. Please forgive me. Now fill me 